It's Tracy, and I am here with super producer Alex for a chat episode of Truth, Lies, and Cover-Ups. Alex, how are you? Hello, Miss Tracy. Thanks for having me. I'm great. Thanks. Oh, it's good to talk to you. I haven't talked to you in a little bit. I kind of missed it you a little. It has been a while. I know you've been wandering around the planet doing your uh, your keynote speaking thing. And yeah. Where all have you been? Where have I been? Uh, you were in South Dakota, right? Oh, right. Yeah, I was in South Dakota. Mm-hmm. And uh, where for else? I, the, the bike I did not go Sturgis. to Sturgis. No, I went to Charleston. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty great. I like Charleston. It's great. They're a nice conference area down there. Um. I've been a lot of places, so many places I cannot remember the places that I've been. That brings up an interesting thing that I just saw on TV the other day, Uh Um, and it was about something about monuments in the South Uh uh, that were monuments to uh, you know pre-Civil War stuff or Mm -hmm. uh, the way that they do with that Mm -hmm. stuff. But in there's there's in this one town, and I forget where it was. I think it was Alabama. uh, There was a monument to, and this could easily be South Carolina, which is Uh Charleston, which is why I think of this. Sure, uh, because Charleston was a slave port. Well, it was. And can I tell you what happened uh, this one time that I went to Charleston? Yeah, far away. Okay, so it was not this trip. It was the trip before. Because I'm a little bit fascinated by the slave thing, because I just do not understand buying an asset and then treating it really bad. It's like running a like like buying a car and treating it and, and not having oil in it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't, like the mindset, I, do, I will never get my head around. Um, and especially buying a person and doing that, like it just, it, I just don't get it. So I go to this fancy hotel in Charleston and, and I'm, and I want to like learn about how this atrocity like went down. Like I want to see this. Right. Yeah. So there's this. Um, what particularly were you looking to see? I don't, I didn't know. I didn't know what the history of the slave trade really was. And I kind of wanted to find out, you know? So, yeah. so I'm, this black girl, she's really nice. She checks me in. We're talking and I'm like, Hey, um, where's the, where do they like trade all the slaves and, and everything? And, um, and she gives me this look and, and I'm like, and I still don't get it. Right. And, and then the manager comes over and he's white. Right. Cause she kind of gives him the side eye and, and he comes over and he goes, ma'am, that's kind of a dark place. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I'm not trying to, see what I can get on sale. Like I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like pick up a bargain basement thing. Like I'm trying to like learn about history and see what went down and sure. kind of like go and be appalled. And it's never going to be as strong of a reaction for me as it would be for someone of color. Right. But anyway, I just totally blew it in Charleston. So this last time I was in Charleston, it was the same hotel. Right. And I'm walking in and I'm like, I wonder if they recognize me. Yeah. They remember that one. And that was the one that's uh, looking to trade some stuff. Uh, it, say that again. They, they they were commenting as you came in that oh yeah, there's that girl who's looking to you know do a little trading. I know, yeah, trying to trade, trying to trade. Yeah. yeah, I know. I don't really get any of that. I don't understand it, and I don't get it. So anyway, and but um, I did find that area, which uh, and it's just this this trip. I found it. I couldn't find it the last trip, and they kind of have this sign there, and they're like, hey, this is where we did the slaves, and it's um, it's outside. It's kind of like a courtyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I was just like, man, it's so hot. Like what a miserable, like the whole thing would just be miserable for everyone involved. I think I just don't, I don't get we it. We couldn't even begin to fathom. I mean, those no. slaves spent six weeks in the, uh, the, the birth of a ship laying 
uh, chained to other slaves. You know, two thirds of them didn't even survive the journey. Yeah. The ones that did were the most physically fit. They came out of the boat, immediately went into a cage. Then they went into that courtyard and they had to stand on a block, I think largely naked and would be sold off from horrible, there. horrible. Yeah, from there and they get carted in chains or in carts uh, back to wherever the, the um, plantation would be, which could be 30 miles away. Could be and, more um, than that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's their life. There's, I mean, that will be the remainder of their life. There is no other option. Yeah. A couple of them escaped, but man, that would just be, I just. Did and, you see any phys any physical monuments in that square that were from the time of slavery? Um, Not that I could tell. I think they took most stuff down, but there was one of those historical signs. Yeah. And that the was kind of it. Right. And I just stumbled on it, but it's very, um, I mean, it's a nice looking little square. Sure. Uh, you know, because in Charleston, they have preserved quite a quite a bit of, of things oh, you know, from the architecture. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you can kind of like see it happening in your mind. I just don't get it. It's just hard. Well, here's thing. what I was. This is what got me into that is that they were whatever this town was that they were visiting. They were focused on and they showed footage of uh, what used to be the the slave auction block rock. Oh, so it is a stone in the ground now present day it is on the corner the intersection of two roads um and this is a relatively downtown corner in and this is in charleston rural, i don't and i think it's down in alabama but it was a fairly uh -oh. rural town i don't think it was a, a a big town i can't remember off the top of my head where but uh but it was a, it was a block about the size of a milk crate maybe two milk crates stacked yeah. up and uh just a piece of granite sticking out of the uh the sidewalk basically right by the curb and uh, which was literally right on the corner. So you don't want to cut that that corner short. Um, oh, and there was a plaque in the sidewalk um, explaining what this, you know, this was the slave auction block. That's, That's what it was horrible. used for. Ugh. And so what they were doing was they were they were talking to uh, both white people and black people in that town about what that stone represents to them and the differing perspectives on it. But uh, so the thing that it got me thinking about is I mean, the rock itself never did anything wrong. It's just a rock. Sure. It's just a rock in the ground. Mm -hmm. And so it has been, I don't want to say memorialized because that tends to imply that it is glamorized. Uh -huh. But by placing the plaque there, explaining the history of it, uh, certainly to people that that history is closer to their, to their own personal history, sure. that's going to push some buttons. Absolutely. Now that's far enough outside of my experience that I can't get in those shoes and understand yeah, it. Yeah, me either. Totally not. But I would love to know how that really represents because you're just looking, it's just a rock. That's all it is, but it does represent something. And even if you took the rock out of there, that corner still represents something. Absolutely. And what if you took the plaque out? Does that corner, is that corner now sanitized? I, I don't know the answers to those questions, but it just got me thinking and it was so profound to see that they were still what looked like basically the rock of Gibraltar sticking out of the sidewalk in this small uh, rural town. And that, that was still there and historically referenced. I, I don't know how I feel about that, but anyway, it was well, just in my mind. I don't know why. If, even we, know why if I we brush history under the rug and sanitize it, then we forget it. And then it happens again. And so I think, I think we're kind of close to that in a lot of ways with a lot of parts of history. Mm, lately because yeah. it's just unple it's, 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 it's unpleasant it really is you know yeah. so, well speaking but, of alabama uh, mm -hmm. and this brings up an interesting piece of news which is not fraud related mm -hmm. uh, which of course is our focus but in uh rural 
Alabama, Etowah County is what it is. Not a big oh. place. Okay. Um, a, a woman, 23 years old, uh, turns out she got high the same day that she discovered she was pregnant. Oh. So she's maybe six weeks pregnant, not that long. Mm-hmm. Um, but so she, uh, she had been and she got arrested that day uh, for having a small amount of pot on her. Okay. She admits to officers that she had gotten high that day and that she's pregnant. Okay. And she had just found out she was pregnant that day. Uh-huh. Well, apparently it's policy with the Etowah County Jail to uh, anybody that is pregnant that is um, doing something to endanger, possibly endanger the child, uh-huh. that that person cannot be released unless they go to a drug rehab. Oh. Now, this girl doesn't have $10,000 to pay for a month of drug rehab. No. So they do have free options. Unfortunately, when she talked to the counselors, they said, no, you're not qualified. You don't have enough of a drug problem. Because all she did was get high. That was it. So, so where is she now? Still in jail. How long is that going to be? Months. They held her in jail. And I don't know the end of this story. I don't think the story has ended, frankly. Well, we're going to have to uh, keep our eye on this. We need to get her out of jail. So this is, I mean, this is all documented on Alabama.com or AL.com. Is that where and, you get your news now? AL. Well, that's one place I'm getting it. So her name was Ashley Banks, and she was arrested on May 25th, uh-huh. 23 years old. Um and uh, so two days before her arrest, she found out she was pregnant and um, uh, and had gotten high on a little bit of pot that day. So um, she has spent, at, at the time of the, that this story was written, six weeks in jail. Ah. Um, there's no evidence or there's no reason to think that that's going to change and that she would be released. She was sleeping on a concrete floor uh, in a jail cell because there was no bed available for her. Um, and at this point, she's had no hearing. She's really? Had no that long? No hearing? Yeah. Which, uh, I mean, if you're going to get into constitutionality, you know, in the writ of habeas corpus, and yeah, 72 hours is the maximum. So I don't yeah. know how they're getting away with this, but somehow they are. She has an attorney. Anyway, so yeah, she's been bleeding for five weeks, hemorrhaging. Oh. Yeah. So, and at any given time, apparently, this particular uh, county jail has got roughly a dozen people in this situation that they mm-hmm. have incarcerated with no trial. Really? No what are they no doing over no there? That's a really good question. And it's my hope that this story. So, after I read this story on Alabama.com, I noticed a couple of days later, it ended up on Vice News, which is HBO. Yeah, Vice HBO News. News. Yeah, for, yeah. for 20 year olds. Yeah, they're a little more biting, a little more edgy, mm-hmm. but yeah. it is at least starting to make rounds. And I think once it starts getting a bit more exposure, because that's a pretty crazy story. Yeah. Maybe that'll start putting some pressure on the county too. I hope so. I hope we can put a little pressure on them. If anybody can put pressure down there, what's the name of that town? Etowah County. Etowah County. Y'all call down to Etowah County. Let them know what you think. Y'all call on down. Let them know. If you're a lawyer. But okay, so speaking of pregnancy, uh, we have... You know, Alex, we um, we do not send out awards here on our on our show. But if we did, I have one that we would send out. What would it be? We would send one to Brandy Batone of Plano, Texas. Now, you know, that's that's my old stomping that ground. That sounds like an insider arrangement. It to is me. not an insider arrangement, although you think it would be. So here she has earned worldwide worldwide recognition because she was stopped exiting an HOV lane there on Central Expressway in Dallas. Oh, yes. And, I like this story. And the Dallas County Sheriff's deputies required a second passenger in her car she told him she, she was, was in the hov lane driving and she was the only 
body in the car. So well, she great. was driving her and her fetus. Because she's pregnant. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so she said, hey, if the new Texan, Texas abortion law states that, then why not use the unborn to get around? And because so, the unborn fetus is now considered a human. Yes. And our friend, friend of the show, Dave Lieber, broke this story. He, he's he been on our show and he uh, he's the watchdog for the uh, Dallas Morning News. Mm-hmm. And she, this ticket was dismissed, so the courts did not want to deal with it. And then, you know what happened? What? It happened again. She, <laughs> this, this was after birth, though, right? Uh, uh, no, no, she still had the kid. This was oh, a okay. couple of weeks later, mm-hmm. and the same officer pulled her over, and he said, "You again?" <laughs> <laughs> and did he ticket her again? Yes, knowing the out, he did. Okay, he did, and they have not. Uh, it, it's still out there. I have not heard the resolution of this. So, well, I can Randy Matone, you. high five to you. Love you. <laughs> this is down in Plano, Texas. Uh-huh. I can guarantee you the pe- people in the Texas legislature are following this very closely because what the ACLU would want to happen is for her to be convicted on this charge because that gives them grounds to appeal it. And once they start appealing it, they could take it clear to the Supreme Court oh. and have them rule on the constitutionality. But if the case gets dismissed, there's nothing they can appeal. Oh, so that's oh, kind of the sticking point there. But that wouldn't affect a judge's decision, or at least it shouldn't affect a judge's decision to throw the case out or try it. Oh, wow. Well, we'll see what happens to good old Brandy. We're going to keep our eye on yeah, that. And our buddy an Dave Lieber story. will keep us posted. So um, did another. You, wait, uh, wait, did what? you hear about uh, what Theranos? Uh, so Elizabeth Holmes. Oh, yeah. She wants a new trial, too. She so, wants a new trial. And why does she want a new trial? Because one of the witnesses came over to her house and said and talked to her husband. And she because Elizabeth wasn't there. So she talked to the husband. This I think it was a guy talked uh-huh. to the husband. Oh. This person testified against Elizabeth Holmes, which uh-huh. if you need a little update on that, she's the one who. One pinprick on your finger and we can do prick. a blood press at Walgreens and come up with 500 yeah, in I was for her, Alex. I was so for this because, you know, I got to get my blood drawn more mm-hmm. than I want. And yep. um, I I hate it every time. Yeah, stop so, talking about it because you're going pale in the video right now. I, I am. It makes me I hate it anyway. OK, so that's the background. The witness from her trial, one of the witnesses came over and said to her husband, he was sorry he hadn't been able to sleep since that night. And he and he did not mean what he said. I didn't get the I didn't mean the part that I saw was and this was a quote. He feels guilty about his testimony. Okay, so I paraphrased. So (laughs) there you go. Okay. Okay, if you were to unparaphrase that. So here's the story that I heard. He feels guilty about it, but it Mm -hmm. wasn't necessarily untruthful by any stretch. But he felt like the prosecutor uh, used it to put her in a bad light. Well, of course he did. That's what that's what they do. do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the reason he was called up to the witness stand. Mm-hmm. And so now Elizabeth is what she's asking for a new trial. Is that right? Uh, Yeah. The, yep. They're asking for a new trial. Yeah. And her chances of that are what? I, well, you're the legal person here. Less than zero. <laughs> there are people out there on death row for the last 10 years whose entire conviction has been upturned and every witness has recanted and new DNA evidence has surfaced that shows that they were in in the Philippines at the time of this uh, somebody, I don't know, uh, uh, getting stabbed in the leg in Plano, Texas. Yeah. And even with all of this, 
even with the prosecutor themselves saying, yeah, we screwed this one up. These get submitted for new trials on appeal. And they're like, nope, nope, not compelling enough. Nope. Mm. That still happens. Well, so we'll the see. fact that she's Elizabeth a... Holmes feels like she's entitled to a new trial know, because one of chick. the guys feels guilty about what he said, even though what he said was accurate. He just didn't like how it was used. No, not a chance in hell. She's getting a new trial out of that. But I've got an add on to this story. Are you ready? Mm, I'm ready. I got to find it. Shut up. Okay. Um, it's not that one. I have three of them. Yes. So this was an actual conviction. Federal jury convicted the president, Silicon Valley-based medical technology company. This is last week. Mm -hmm. um, not Theranos. Not Theranos for committing healthcare fraud and paying illegal kickbacks in connection with the submission of over 77 million. This is, yeah, 77 million in false and fraudulent claims for COVID-19 and allergy testing. So this guy, Mike or Mark Sheena, is uh, mm -hmm. 59 years old out of California. Okay. He was the president of Arayat Corporation. And basically what he had done is he claimed to have invented revolutionary technology that would test for virtually any disease using only a few drops of blood. So he's totally a Theranos copycat and people bought into this. He claims you know, in meetings with investors that he was the father of microarray test or technology and said that he was on the short list for the Nobel Prize. I mean, if you're going to BS wow. your way into this, let's go big. Why not? I'm Nobel on the short Prize. list for the Nobel Prize. Yeah. Um, the evidence, however, showed that he falsely represented to the investors that the company was valued at four and a half billion. Um, yeah, that was not true. But long story short, he basically took the Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos story and recooked it into his own thing, went out and sold it and apparently raised $80 million out of yeah, this equation. Maybe I should do that. Yeah, he's going to jail for 20 years. Well, speaking of uh, the uh, Nobel Prize, you know how I the just Nobel love that there was absolutely no there was no creativity in this whatsoever that is the most unoriginal fraud that there is and it's even in the same state it's <laughs> even in the same area of the same state los altos california and that's down the street from silicon valley yeah yeah totally well okay so speaking of um the nobel prize do you know how the nobel prize got its name somebody named no yeah nobel you know what he invented uh inert gases no dynamite he invented dynamite and uh he, he it was thought to be this horrible thing and he i don't know if he faked his death or somehow someone thought he died and he read his obituary about what a terrible person he was for creating this horrible horrible thing dynamite and he didn't like it and so he invented the nobel prize oh to counter what he had done that's yeah. interesting isn't it yeah huh. yeah that was interesting so you know who else needs to counter what they have done what? Let's have it. You. Oh, no. What have I done now? You showed up here with fraudulent cookies. Do you remember this? I, I don't remember this. Are yeah, you, sure you don't remember it because you're trying to block it out of your mind. You sure. Because you showed up over again? here with cookies, making me think they were chocolate chip cookies have and they were had not. your medication today? They were not. I've had all my meds. And... <laughs> <laughs> and... And, and then some. I took extra. I don't extra. take meds for <laughs> mental illness by any stretch or memory. But um, yeah, and you, you they were oatmeal raisin cookies. And here you come making me think they're chocolate chip cookies. Cause, cause oh, you, that's right. That when was horrible you. Of you from your chocolate. 
You're terrible. <laughs> terrible person. Well, okay. So speaking of other food fraud. Well, in my in my defense, no, I there's I'm no damned, defense. There is. I'm damned if I do and damned if I don't. Because if I bring over chocolate chip cookies, you're gonna eat a whole lot of them. I will. And then you're gonna blame me. The next yes, day you're I gonna will. call me and say, I'm ten pounds heavier. It's yes, your fault. I will do that. And somehow it's my fault mm -hmm. that you ate the cookies. Yep. See that? That you there's no sense even arguing things with you. <laughs> Why do I even talk to you? <laughs> what are you Why drinking? Do you is that like liquid chocolate? You're, you're drinking Hershey's different. syrup, aren't you? Mm. Yeah, I'm drinking Hershey's syrup right now. <laughs> okay, okay, I got another no, one. No, no, I know. I got another one. Then you can But go. mine's better. No, mine's better. Okay. This is because this is food fraud. We're going to stay on food fraud for a second. Uh, so what did you have that. for breakfast this morning? Food. What kind of food? Fraudulent food. And you did. Did you have Lucky Charms? How this is the second time in 24 hours I've gotten that question. I have never in my life eaten Lucky Charms. Who else asked you? Well, so Marcy and I had a conversation about that last night, and then it led to a very involved mansplaining about the efficiency of milk and cereal. <sighs> okay, so I don't eat cereal. <laughs> I don't eat cereal. Um, okay, just generally, I just I don't eat it. But um, would you like I, me I to mean, explain it's... to you the the golden ratio of milk to cereal? Sure. Okay, well, you got to have it right because <laughs> what That's you don't want right. is like a thin veneer of cereal floating on top of the milk with nothing down below because then you finish that top layer and you're basically left with i don't know a tablespoon and you're lapping up the milk do you drink the milk or not well no that's going to a different level am i prepared to actually bring my bowl up to my face and drink my food um and there's just part of me in my southern upbringing that won't allow me to do that. But of course, you could go the other way. You could have too little milk in there, and now you've basically got like a cereal slurry. Too too little milk is worse. Yeah, then it's it's like overly crunchy. But mm -hmm. then now, so clearly there is there's an optimum amount of milk. But just when you think you got it figured out, they have to go and invent a cereal like grape nuts, Tracy. Ugh, grape nuts is like c cement. It's like little chunks of cement, but yeah. yeah, I get what you're going. See, the beauty in in the in the grape nut is that it only requires half the milk of normal cereal. But it's you not grapes, and it's not you nuts, don't slush it's... in a lot of milk. It's just mm -hmm. it's just the right amount, but it's about mm -hmm. half the amount of milk. So it's mm -hmm. far more efficient in the milk. There's use. no point to grape nuts at all. None. Okay, well that's just that. Except to irritate me. There goes my entire my entire milk efficiency mansplaining. Right. Okay. So All right. So you were problem. going. Here's the problem: is that problem? hundreds, Alex, hundreds of people have gotten sick off of Lucky Charms. What? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Get sick on Lucky Charms. I, well, okay. All, so there's Lucky two Charms? ways you can get sick off of Lucky Charms. One is that you're eating Lucky Charms at all. Okay, okay. that's problem number one. <laughs> yeah. You could make the argument you're already sick at that point. Well, but yeah. And problem problem number two. Here's the thing. Uh, it could be like a food safety thing, right? Mm -hmm. However, there's been investigation and nobody could find a cause to this. Huh. Yeah. So not like, I think it's a general mills, not general mills, not any of the inspectors, which um, makes me wonder if it was one of those things on Facebook that goes around or whatever, where people call in and they just want their free Lucky Charms coupon. Okay. So, but I'll tell you what it reminds me of. Cause you know, I used to work at Frito-Lay years ago. It was my first yeah, job right. out of college. And you know what they, they, so we were audited by the AIB, the American Institute of Bakeries. Mm -hmm. And they would come in and they look, and they look at everything, right. To make sure that the food is safe. And um, 
I was running the factory at night. So I was a production manager at, at night. So I had a potato chip line and a tortilla chip line mm-hmm. and I had a big warehouse and it was all mine. And, uh, and nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody else was there. Nobody it's else was all, there. These chips are all mine. They're all mine. <laughs> no, on, on my shift, there was like 4 million pounds a year that went through on okay. my ship. Like it was crazy. And that what they told me, cause I was new, I was like 21 or 22 years old. And they and they said, put you in charge of all this. And they put I don't the I don't, ripe. Hey, they're the ones that put me in charge. I just said okay, and then, and so they go. Look, here's the deal. Um, when AIB may show up on your shift, they love to show up on off shifts. You need to always have fifty cents in your pocket, and when they come. You call us on our pager 911. You run to the front and you buy them a Coke and sit there and talk to them for a while till we get there. <laughs> Who is AIB? American Institute of Bakeries. They're a, they're like an audit, like a food manufacturing audit group. Did we that, go over this at the beginning do. of the conversation and did I space it out? Or uh, yeah, we just... you were not listening. Mm-hmm. Okay, clearly I was not listening. <laughs> Did yeah. you ever have to contact the AIB and purchase your Coke? Did I, uh, I didn't No, Did they? I think they did. I think I did use it once. Yeah. You and did. then, and then all the managers get out of bed in the middle of the night and here they come. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now here's the deal. I should say Frito-Lay. Did is, they take the time to put on their suits or they just come in their pajamas? No, they just came. I don't, I, I'm sure they were wearing jeans, but Frito-Lay is one of the best food manufacturing companies around. Like they've won the Baldrich award for quality and stuff. So we never had any big problems, Yeah. but you know, I would assume that general mills is on the same level. Uh, think, yeah. You yeah. So, so anyway, I'm just really curious together. about what happened uh, with the lucky terms. Well, I, I, I wonder if that story is ever going to get, Get, completed. We have a lot of stories out. that have not been resolvable. Hmm. I got one right here that does mm-hmm. have a resolution. Okay. Uh, a woman was convicted of a $34 million healthcare fraud scheme. Mm. This is from Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Oh, yeah. She was paying kickbacks and bribes to patient recruiters and patients with private insurance in exchange for allowing these four physical therapy clinics down in Miami. Uh-huh. to bill for medical services that were never actually provided to those patients. So, wow. uh, yeah. And so that was, what did they build? They billed 35 million in false and fraudulent claims to uh, private insurance for basically non-existent PT services. Uh, the insurers ended up paying seven and a half million back to them. So that's what they were able to collect out of wow. it. Apparently none of it was taking place at all. And huh. I think that's just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to healthcare fraud with both insurers and the federal government. Oh yeah, well, some NFL players got uh, had some trouble with healthcare fraud. Really? Yeah, which makes me wonder. Like, if you're in the NFL, you're doing well. Like, the minimum salary is around two hundred fifty thousand dollars, maybe a little more. Yeah. And um, I guess it's just the thrill of it. So they were they were actually participants in mm-hmm. a, a scheme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What a way to throw it all away. That sucks. I know. Totally. Well, speaking <laughs> of throwing it all away, the uh, Bed Bath & Beyond, you know, they got their problems because they're closing like 150 stores. Mm-hmm. Did you hear the CEO just jumped to his death? I did not. Did, yeah. I, did he jump out of a window? Yeah. Out of a skyscraper in New York. What makes us think that he jumped? Uh, Well, I don't know. Probably because the stores were closing and he was about to be convicted on a pump and dump fraud scheme. For their what stock. Is, what is a pump and dump fraud scheme? Well, where they, they build up the price really high and then they sell it all. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, 
let me back up just a second. The reason why I'm a bit skeptical of that, there seems to be a rash of important people uh, that might be in a little bit of trouble uh, accidentally falling out of windows. Oh, you think the mob pushed him? Well, I don't know, but I can tell you that uh, th there was a guy who was a vocal critic of, of uh, President Putin, you know, Russian uh -huh. President Putin, his, uh, his invasion of the Ukraine. And this is a guy who runs an oil company uh, in Russia. Uh -huh. And, you know, Russian guy and oligarch and the whole bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but he had been he had been vocally critical of of the invasion of Ukraine. Oh, and just the other day, he fell out of a fifth story window to his death. Uh, that would suck. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how, who has a fifth story window that you could fall out of wide open. I don't know. We could probably find one around here. I, I don't know that you can. Mm. Fifth story. I don't maybe maybe over to see you can find one. I yeah. mean, who falls out of a window? How many times have you fallen out of a window? Uh, never. We but know you you've know... got a spotty history with, you know, um, being wandering the streets in, in a drunken stupor. Oh, stop. Nights. So... <laughs> I don't know. A lot of people come to Colorado, you know, with our pot laws. Maybe not as much anymore, but they would fall Looking out of the windows. Uh, they can jump out. They would of, fall yeah. out of their off their balconies at the ski resorts and all sorts of stuff. Now, why do why <laughs> that brings up a really good question? Why are there not more people falling off of ski lifts? There's no bar to hold you in. There's no seat belt. You're just sitting on 18 inches of vinyl pad that's covered in snow. Did you see that one that went out of control in, your in Russia? Did you see that one that went out of control in Russia last year or two years ago? No, that was intense. Like the like the it malfunctioned and all these people got flung off. Like that was crazy. Oh, so I would love to see that. If, it is. If we could it get is. like a TikTok video of it, and it would there look like. One. Remember that thing when we were kids on the playground? It was the carousel uh -huh. that you, you know, yeah, everybody it was just jumps like on. That. Yeah, it's like fifteen feet across, and one person grabs it and runs as hard as they can, spinning yeah. it, and everybody vomits on themselves. It was the same thing and gets is flung that... off. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that if they really jacked up the power on a ski lift, is that what it would? I mean, with the seats like you know, rotate out to the sides as it's spinning around. Yeah, and the people get flung <laughs> all over everywhere. It was But think of so you mentioned that so many people come to Colorado and we have, you know, open pot laws here. Uh -huh. So a lot of people are like, all right, we're on our way to the ski resort for our yeah. week uh, uh -huh. of skiing. We might as well stop and pick up some pot and, you know, sample the local yeah, flavor while we're here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I know there are lots of people that get high and go skiing. Oh, tons. lots of people that do that. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I've never been one of them, but I know lots of people that do that. Why are they not falling off of the ski lifts? I don't know. Maybe, they, nah, you know what? They probably take the gondola. That is the answer. That could be the answer right there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, that explains why there's a gondola in the first place. I know. I know. Totally. <laughs> Let's put you in a teacup instead of, you know, balancing on a, on a T bar. Yeah, totally. Totally. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, so, you know, there's, uh, all, cause you know, we had DJ Rousa on our, on our right. program, the, the, uh, lawyer with the student loans. Mm -hmm. And did you see in the news? And because the, there's, there's the, the big, the big news is that there's student loan forgiveness for certain people, which is a lot, a lot, uh, 10 to $20,000. Uh, but did you see that all ITT tech loans have been forgiven? Yeah, I did see that. Because that um, whole school was a fraud. Because it was basically a scam. Yeah, right. whole thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. and you could make the argument that the ease of access to federal dollars for student loans like this is what made an entity like that viable. Or oh, any totally. number of other entities like Trump mm -hmm. University, where he basically settled out of court, mm -hmm. but same deal, effectively. Yeah. Uh, and I assume, I don't know if he was, if his 
school or I don't know, program, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. uh, was, was qualified for federal money or not. But I, I think know. that was just basically a lot of people looked at that and said, okay, the government's willing to give money out with no questions asked. Uh, all we got to do is get people to apply for those loans and come spend it on us. Yeah. Not a bad business model. If you think totally. No, it's totally yeah. not. I'm telling you all this fraud we talk about. I need to get in on some of it somehow. Yeah, we definitely do need to <laughs> get, do, do get a little better. more money. Oh my gosh. Well, um, okay, Alex, what else do you have? Um, I've got a handful more, but I don't know if we really need any more. That's quite a bit for oh, us to chew on. But I'm going to give you two tidbits. One that I caught in the paper today, Alex Jones is back in court. Oh, Under no. Alex Jones, InfoWars. Yes. Yeah. So he has already been... Um, He's already got a judgment against him for, uh, we had discussed this previously, for almost $50 million out of Texas uh -huh. for the first Sandy Hook family that he has defamed, effectively, sure. uh, with his claims that, no, Sandy Hook never happened. They were all paid actors. Uh, he's got two more course cases pending. One of them that he's in case for, in court for today, that is, he actually didn't show up today, but... No way. He didn't show up for court. That guy's well, his, his attorneys did. So okay. he's covered in that regard. But uh, so this one, again, the, you know, it's a, it's a summary judgment at this point um, where he didn't show up for the original trial and didn't produce documents for discovery the way he was supposed to. So the judge just ruled against him. So that's it. You lose the case. You know, we'll get together next time and figure mm -hmm. out how much it's going to cost you. Well, today he's in court trying to figure out how much this is going to cost him. And this lawsuit, instead of being one family... Uh, this is eight different individuals, and one of them being law enforcement that have been harmed by his actions, apparently. And then he's got a third one after this. But he's basically lost all these lawsuits already. It's just a question uh -huh. of how much it's going to cost him. Uh, so I thought that was interesting that he's back in court. And the other one that I'm following is the Steve Bannon situation. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, uh, a little bit. So Bannon was Trump's lawyer or something. No. Steve uh -huh. Bannon was, I don't know, it's like... Trump's drinking buddy because he uh -huh. looks like he just rolled out of the, the gutter of the street. Uh -huh. He was the guy that was senior strategist and advisor uh, in the White House for about two years, maybe uh -huh. before uh -huh. he got cut loose or he left. I don't know. Uh, but I don't know that he actually served a purpose other than to rile up the base. Uh -huh. That was kind of his purpose. And then he goes on and does his own podcast and stuff like that. Again, just pandering kind of to the to the far right base. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And that's very similar to the Alex Jones um motif but sure, he's yeah. just not as fired up anyway so he was uh he refused to cooperate with the january 6th commission um and refused to honor their subpoena he ended up being found guilty of that he'll be sentenced on that in october he is back in uh court shortly he was just he just surrendered i think yesterday oh to federal or no state authorities in the state of new york for embezzlement, wire fraud, conspiracy, a handful of other things with his Build the Wall Foundation. Oh, I saw that? that. Yes. So basically what he did, and this is not an uncommon thing, especially more and more in politics these days, um, where you start a charity and then you go out and raise money for the charity. So those phone calls you get from people that say they're from the... Um, police beneficiary society yeah, or the firemen, yeah. this or that and you know can you donate to help these firemen that are interested or i'm sorry that are injured uh in some way what they mm -hmm. don't tell you is that uh depending on the state you're in so for example colorado state law says that you only have to deliver 10 percent of what you raised to the charity is that it the other 90 percent 
can go to administrative fees, which Maybe basically I means start salaries. up a charity. Maybe that's my problem. You know, I've thought about it. Basically, you call around and for every $100 you collect, you keep 90 of it. That's quite a commission. Wow. Think about that. That's not such a bad deal. But so basically what uh, what he did was he wanted to he, he started a charity to finance building a hundred mile section of Trump's wall. Sure. Uh, and this was way back, you know, a long time ago, back when the wall was big news. Mm -hmm. uh, people donated upwards of about $25 million. The claim between him and three other co-conspirators, as they've been labeled, um, the claim has been that 100% of the donations will go into building the wall. We are not keeping any of this money. That's right. I heard that. But the story, but the truth was they ended up spending hundreds of thousands each on personal stuff for themselves. So cars and um, luxury flights and vacations and uh -huh. you name it, just personal items. So that's what uh, they were accused of. They were accused of this originally uh, 18 months ago, something like that, two years ago mm -hmm. uh, in federal court. This was all four of them. Two of them pled guilty. One of them ended up in a mistrial. And of course, Steve Bannon, do you know the end of this story? I know. How he managed to get off on those, uh, those charges? Oh, who knows? What did he do? He got a pardon the night before um, President Trump left office. Oh, but but he's back in the news. So what? Well, the pardon only works for federal charges. These are state charges. In the oh, state of huh. so they're bringing him back up on that. But he basically escaped going to jail for up to, I don't know, 10 years, something like that um, for what he did. And I think his two buddies went to jail for like three or four years. And one of them's got a mistrial there. Who knows what's going to happen with that? Uh -huh. But uh, what I like about this is that, I mean, you, you, when you get a presidential pardon the night before the president leaves office, you know, they're clearly just saying, OK, we're this is a favor. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah, not totally. on yeah. merit. <laughs> so I like the fact that he's going to actually be uh, held to account for what he did. Uh -huh. You know, He told people he, he raised money. He told investors that this is what the money's going for. And he chose to keep it and spend it on himself instead. That is the very definition of fraud. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you need to be held to account for that. And I don't care if you, you know, can't iron your shirts and you look like you're a homeless person. That doesn't make you a homeless person and it doesn't make it OK to steal people's money. Well, there you have it. <laughs> There you have that. There you yeah, have there's it. something anyway. All right, Alex, we are wrapping this up because you know what? We got interviews to get to. Let's go. Are we doing interviews now or are we just chatting? Uh, we got some. Uh, well, now we started off with Brandy. What is it? Button, Baton, Bottom? Brandy Baton. Baton. Okay. Mm -hmm. So are you going to interview her? I don't know. This Maybe is the person who is driving in the HOV lane with the you know pregnancy and all that. Maybe stuff. I should call her. She might have a kid to attend to now. I don't know. Maybe I should. Yeah, I think you should. She's probably not doing anything. She's just sitting around with a kid. So. <laughs> yeah, nothing. She's not busy. Yeah. She's she in the car. Alex. Mm, hey, Tracy. I'm thirsty. Are you thirsty? I am. I got a. I've got a cup of a uh, uh, green tea here. It's just not really hitting the mark. You know what I could really use? Mm. I could use a double espresso with a little bit of stevia. What about you? I. Uh, I'm a mocha. Mocha girl. Mocha. So you're into well, <laughs> of course, because there's chocolate, right? Yeah, I like yeah. Um, coffee flavored sugar milk with chocolate. <laughs> That's basically what it is. I it like is. my chocolate cow. That's yeah, but, <laughs> I got but it. you know how people can help us with our needs now. No, and, lay it on me. and they can help the podcast 
grow and they can buy us a cup of coffee now. Oh, that would be amazing. How do we do that? Well, there is a link in the show notes that uh, basically allows you to donate to the show to help because, uh, you know, it's, it's not free to do these. And, uh, and, and I'm expensive. You are expensive. You're the I only am. one making money here, if we're honest. And- <laughs> I'm, well, I'm wearing my expensive shirt, too. I see your shirt has a belly button hole. It's a breathing <clears throat> anyway, hole. we went over this. It's a blowhole. Right, right. So but. People can keep the craziness going and just buy us a cup of coffee. So just go to the link and you can do it. It's, it's $5 or, or uh, more because, you know, we're thirsty and we got a podcast. And we got bills to pay. We'd love to stay on the air and keep entertaining you guys because, frankly, we do this for uh, for our own purposes simply because it's a lot of fun. And we hope that you guys get value out of it as well. If you want to show your support or just your appreciation, a cup of coffee would go a long way. Just click the link down in the show notes. And thanks so much from us. 